Hello out there to the University of Pleasure fans. So this is just a quick uh, repeat episode here because guess what? The Doc is going on vacation. Where are you going, Doc? An undisclosed location. Oh, No, I'm right. going to Portland. I'm going to Portland. Okay, so all of you folks out there in Portland, the Doc will be there. If you see her walking down the street, give her a quick wave. And the reason that well, we're doing probably, this- Well, I'll probably be wearing my mask if it's a crowded area, so. Well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> Please stay safe. I want you to have a great time. And the reason that we're doing this PSA together is because the last time I let Doc do a PSA, if you all remember, she was like, and, uh, and blah, blah. So, okay. Jeremiah couldn't I, get I, in our schedules and, uh, I don't and I was like, wow. jazzy you need me to be. It was, you asked for information and I gave it. Well- that information was about as bland as a. <laughs> and listen, you know this comes from a place of love, but I was like, "Damn, damn!" So that's why we're doing this one together because you need a little Jeremiah pizzazz in there. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Listen, I'm humble enough to know when I'm needed and not needed, and uh, I was definitely needed in this little one. So listen, Doc, you have a great vacation. Everybody, Thank we're going to be doing a repeat of one of our latest favorite episodes called The Pickup Hiccup because it really is relevant right now. So have a listen back to that, and we will be back very soon with a new episode once the doc comes back from vacation, totally relaxed, totally at <laughs> ease, ready to jump back into the University of Pleasure and teach us all something new. Doc, take care. Have fun. Thank you. Bye. Clinical Disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I am just a guy who likes talking about sex. Doc, whirlwind whistle stop tour. I'm excited about this episode because <laughs> there is no topic I'm going to blow your gourd today. Are you ready? <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm ready with reticence, but I am ready. I don't know what that means, but all right. And we're back, folks, to the University of Pleasure. And just like I said in the very opening, which usually is a little more fun, witty banter, I threw a little bit of a nugget out there for our folks listening at home or on their drive or at work or wherever you listen to the University of Pleasure. This is a topic-free day. I'm taking What do you what do you what do you mean it's a topic-free day? Like are we going to just sit in silence for 45 minutes? No. No, I have a plan. I oh have a plan for this episode. I just want everyone to know that Jeremiah asked me to do this and I feel horrifically nervous. You should be. Because yeah. your old pal Jeremiah James, folks, wants you know what? 
the truth of the matter is, the doc is always keeping me on my toes, but it's very rare that I can get the doc on her toes, that I can get the doc a little bit unnerved. Usually she knows exactly what's coming her way and she can just I mean, are we doing good ad- are we doing good advice, bad advice? Maybe a little bit of that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know that's gonna do a little bit of that. Because that's the only segment we have in which you put me on my toes. <laughs> and I don't know, unless you created a new segment, I can only assume. No, the but I do want I do want your opinion on something a book that I personally listen to on my own time without any prompting by you. And we're going to talk about that in part two. Great. I'm so ready to hear about your event of a book unprompted. Thank you. First off, let me just start by saying, I really like those earrings that you're wearing. I can't really tell what the design is, but they look really fancy. (laughs) They're not. They're not fancy. They look super fancy. They are plastic. (laughs) Oh, well, they look like a very nice plastic. There's something in that, but I just don't know where to take it. So, (laughs) well, I just thought they looked nice. I was just trying to be, uh, trying to give you a nice compliment. Anyway, we hope all of you are doing well out there. Light at the end of the tunnel is coming. Hopefully, today's episode will bring you a little bit of pleasure as always. And thank you to everybody out there that is keeping us safe and keeping us healthy. Uh, and we are grateful for everything that you do. And so we're going to jump in here to this non-topic topic that the doc kind of guessed a little bit of. And here we go. First, is it, what? I'm sorry. I didn't. So this, we're doing the segment. Am I correct? We're doing the segment. Good advice, bad advice. We're kind of. But, do you want to remind people what the segment is? Oh my! I can't do what I. I, I was doing it. I was doing I'm it. Sorry. I'm sorry if I jumped ahead then. I apologize. You've given me no control today. It's making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yes, excellent. <laughs> this is good advice, bad advice, which you may have heard in past episodes from season one, where I found books on sex advice. Or maybe just like a Cosmo magazine or something like that. And then I take it to the doc and I go, you give it a thumbs up, thumbs down. Is this good advice? Is it bad advice? And the doc has to be painted into a corner to give us a thumbs up or thumbs down. Somebody who lives in the gray has to give us a yay or a nay. I just made and that I up on the spot. I very rarely do. <laughs> <laughs> Which she almost because never I does. Because I play your games. <laughs> Today I have a really good one. This no book. Great. Now, this book was written in 2015, so there is no excuse for it being something that was so, like, you know. Dated. Dated. From Do not like tell the... me that Ellen Creedman wrote another book in 2015. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If she had, you know I would have found it. <laughs> and there would be a whole thing in there about balloons again, I swear to God. <laughs> Just... For those that have not maybe listened to those episodes, just in case you're new to joining us, Jeremiah, do you want to tell them about Ellen Creedman? <laughs> Ellen Creedman has written a couple of books uh, and... Uh, light His Fire. And Light, light Her, her fire. fire. Yeah. Light His Fire and Light Her Fire. There's yep, two of them. That is correct. And in uh, both of these books, she threw out this one thing that was like, it's called balloons, where it was like, take these balloons... 
and fill up your partner's car with balloons. And in each balloon is a note that you have written to your partner. <laughs> and then you tape like a, you know, a pin on the windshield. So when they come out of work, their car is filled with the balloons and they are not able to drive home <laughs> until they <laughs> punctured all the balloons and read all the notes. I can't even finish saying it without starting to giggle. And both you and I have agreed that we would be furious. furious. <laughs> like if I got out there and I'm like tired from a long day of work and I want to get in my car and the first thing I see is my car's full of balloons. First, why? Second, are you kidding me? I've got the it because you. The part though was that both times she was like, it's really great if you have a workplace audience. To yes, witness. so everybody can watch. And I was like, uh, and you, I think it was you were like, boundaries, people, boundaries, workplace boundaries. <laughs> boundaries also know your partner. Yeah. That may not be a good fit for I mean, everyone, I've but it's not Ellen Creedon. Yeah, I've met people who are afraid of balloons, like are legitimately huh? afraid of balloons. Isn't yeah, that's that a good point. real thing? I mean, yeah, I mean, well, phobias, people can have phobias, all sorts of things. I have heard of people that are phobic to balloons. I don't know the specific name for it, though. Wow. You know, that's big of you to admit that you didn't know that. I admit that I don't know things all the time. All right, it's you that struggles with that. What are you talking about? I, I always admit things. I'm humble enough to admit when I don't know things. Yeah. Anyway, let's get to the book. You just are you're playing a delay tactic. You are trying <laughs> to make sure I don't come at you with this. I see what your game is right now, okay? I'm on to you, Doc. Here we go. This book was written in 2015 by Bruce Bryans. What women want when they test men. Is that the title? That's the title. Of the book? Yeah. What women want when they <laughs> test men. Uh, uh, and then, I mean, uh, there's more to it. It says, like, how to decode female behavior. Pass uh, a woman's tests and to track women through authenticity. <laughs> Are you ready? I mean, I feel like I have to be. Sure, you better be. You had better be. Okay? I don't, I don't want to judge a book by its cover. But it's I actually a nice cover. The book is actually quite a nice cover. It's, it was very well thought out. Uh, just from an artistic standpoint, that is, of course. Great. <laughs> so, here we go. What women really want when they test men, whether it's a revealing conversation or an online dating profile, if you closely observe the language women use, you'll find that they want to be with a man who can definitely take the lead and make decisions, has strong personal boundaries, and knows how to love her like dot, dot, dot. A man. <laughs> right out of the gates, Doc. How you feeling? How you feeling I about am, this? Any I'm truth to what Mr. Uh, Bruce well, says know, here? I think right now I just want to like kind of tune in with my own body. I'm, I notice that I'm experiencing some physical tension. <laughs> you seem a little tense. You seem a little, a little tense. A little tension, a little um, apprehension, nervousness about what's to come. Mm. So far, um, it's feeling uh, a little absolutist, right? Mm -hmm. uh, feeling a little absolutist. Definitely feeling really heterocentric. 
right? Like heterocentrist, right? Like sure. the idea that like sure. pretty much isn't even acknowledging that queer people might exist. Right. So, you know, right, right off the bat, little, I'm a little concerned, but you know what? I'm going to hear you out. I'm going to let you go. Thank you. I appreciate you being open, even though it looks like you are about to crawl out of your skin. I wish you could see her. She's like messing <laughs> with her lips and like, like touching her hair. Like she's not, not at her most relaxed state. So we're going to continue on. I love this so much, by the way, everybody. Okay. While different women want very different things, there seems to be at least one particular need. I did air quotes there, by the way. You can't see it, but air quotes need that pops up consistently. Women usually communicate this need in vague language that some men find confusing. This happens because when women do confess this need, it appears counterintuitive to how most men were brought up to interact with women. For example, here's a small sampling of confessions women have made that men have come across at one point or another. Are you ready for some confessions, Doc? From women? Yes. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm ready to hear these confessions. Number one, I want a man who knows how to put me in my place. <laughs> He's the only guy to ever call me out when I get out of hand. Sort of got to reel him back in, Doc. I mean, this guy's got a good point, right? I mean, are you feeling that point? <laughs> what, quick question. Is there like um, some type of attestation of like Doc, authenticity Doc, use words that I understand, statements? please. Can you please use words I understand? Is he naming his sources? No. Like, do we know that someone said this in real time? Doc, I mean, I'm think, sure that somebody let me, Let's be very clear to our audience. If our audience was live right now, if you asked that question, Jeremiah, did you pick a book where this guy names his sources or any of his background or anything that would tie into his data? What do you think that the audience would say? That Jeremiah did not select a book. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, You know, I'm not saying that no woman has said that ever, right? But he currently, it appears as though he is presenting these as common things that are said. That's true. Yes. Common things that women And I say. don't, as a woman, I don't know a lot of women that I have heard say things. I mean, I think, well, I'm going to let you keep going before I talk more about what I think. I was going to say, I mean, well, how about a couple more? Let's see if any of these ring true to you as a woman or just, you know, in your work that you experience hearing these type of things. How about that? Okay. I just wish he'd stand up to me sometimes. He's such a pushover. He just lets me do whatever I want. It's like he doesn't even have a backbone. I just wish he'd do what he wants for a change. He lets me make all the decisions. Um, I I will say, like I said, I have people said some of these things. Sure. 
Is it the majority of people in my experience saying these things? No. I Say that last one again, by the way. Can you say the last one again? The last about, one again? About the decisions. I just wish he'd do what he wants for a change. He lets me make all the decisions. Uh, uh, mm, uh, I take issue with the word let's. <laughs> uh, language is meaningful and it's very important. Yes, we know it is very important to you. I have heard people talk, side note, across genders about feeling that their partner puts them in a position to be the one who has to make all the decisions, which is an important nuance from what you're describing, right? He lets me make all the decision is saying that maybe someone's is suggesting that someone's like upset that a partner defers to them and like, but they are like asking to make those decisions. Like let's feels different to me. Do you, am I making any sense right uh, now? You're hundred percent making sense. I'm just saying, do you find these things to be common? So no, I don't find them to be, I don't find if, if we're talking about, I'm presuming that this book is really more, he's more referring to cisgender heterosexual individuals. All right. So in my experience, right. By the way, have we ever, just in case people don't know what cisgender means, right? Because I don't know if we've defined it on, maybe we have in previous podcasts, but just is, in Are case. you trying to test me again? Is this one of those, was Jeremiah listening? No, because used I am. Last section, I, uh, in the last episode. I'm positive that we have explained this. I just wanted to make sure that I said it correctly. Well, I'll just explain it again briefly. Uh, Cisgender means somebody who was birth assigned a particular gender and continues to identify as that gender. For instance, I was birth assigned female. I continue to identify as female. Therefore, I am cisgender, right? Someone who is not cisgender would maybe identify as transgender or gender diverse, non-binary, right? A different gender identity. There you go. And thank you for that explanation again, Doc, just as a good reminder. Now let's get out of the Doc realm and back to where I was going with all of this. (laughs) Let's get back to you. Um, (laughs) But... what What I'm saying is, is like you're asking me, like I'm presuming that this book is written more about... His perception of cisgender women. That's Do I right. hear a lot of cisgender women personally or professionally being like, I just wish like he wouldn't let me make so many decisions. I don't really hear it in that way. I might hear people say, I wish my partner would take more responsibility for making decisions and not put them all on me, which feels a little different. Um, and globally, all of those things, I would say those are not things that I'm frequently hearing from cisgender women. So the doc says two thumbs down on this section of the book. <laughs> you have to go. I'm not going to give thumbs at this point. <laughs> I'm giving thumbs. I get to give the thumbs in this on behalf of you. Based on what you say, I interpret in my way as two thumbs down. Ugh, keep reading. <laughs> get through this. <laughs> <laughs> this is so great. I don't, You know, folks out there listening, I don't know if you're really having as much fun as I'm having, but it's just so rare that I get to have the doc on her heels just for a minute, okay? Because she's such a rock star. I have all the respect in the world for her, and this just brings me a little bit of pleasure. So thank you all for being a part of this. And the second half, we're going to talk about this amazing book that I read that I really want to get the doc's opinion on, although I kind of have a feeling that I already know what it's going to be, but that's neither here nor there. This book. This is who he says this book is for. I want to get your thoughts. Okay. Who should read this book? This book is for the man 
who wants to wear the pants and keep them on as he relates to that beautiful yet perplexing specimen we call women. If you're a man and you adhere to the idea of taking the leadership role as you date and relate with women, you will love this book. If you're a man and you'd rather the woman you're with take the leadership role, then this book is not for you. So can we just say, Doc, is this something that you would recommend for a guy that wants to wear the pants and be in a leadership role? I can like, you know, it's hard to give a review of a book that you only read segments of because I don't know what happens in the rest of this book. And we're obviously not going to go through the whole thing. And we all know clearly I did not read the whole thing. Right. Yeah. Let's (laughs) be real. Right. So this is probably a, would it be a, a fair representation of the book? I do not know. But based on the selection, based on the phrase, wear the pants, I already probably am going to say no. Um, because I, I don't think that it is a, a very useful idea to even engage with generally, right? Like power dynamics in couples are complex, right? And this idea that someone I don't know. I mean, you say that, but he makes it seem kind of not complex. And that might be the problem. You think so? (laughs) I mean, you think- I think it's a problem, right? Because you teach people, if we teach people that it's supposed to be someone's dominant and someone's submissive, and that's how a relationship will go, and one person will be in charge and the other person will follow the lead, well, that shit doesn't sustain. It often doesn't work. You know, maybe some couples are consistently one person is dominant, the other one's submissive. And it's kind of that way. That's the through line of their relationship across dimensions. Listen, most- this is my relationship with my wife. I 100% wear the pants and she lets me think that of myself all the time. <laughs> I have <laughs> met your wife and that is accurate. She does <laughs> She allows you to think that and then very thoughtfully will remind you that she is letting you think that. (laughs) You know her so well. (laughs) Anyway, but but the reason that I truly a critique of that idea, right, is this idea that like even that like. Um, relationships, whether it's a marital relationship or long-term relationships are multi-dynamic, right? Maybe somebody takes more of a dominant role in a particular area of the relationship, like, I don't know, parenting, and then takes more of a submissive role in, I don't know, work or cooking or whatever it might be. Or maybe you have two dominant people that have figured out how to negotiate that, right? Or two submissive people that have figured out how to negotiate more of that. Somebody that actually really, really for instance, a I have had clients, male clients, over the years. I'm very impassioned right now. I have I had tell. many cisgender male clients, heterosexual, over the years that really enjoy taking a more submissive role in a relationship. However, have a lot of sort of feelings about that because of how they society has made it feel has made them feel that it reflects upon their masculinity. Okay. And that's a very real thing that messaging. And, I, and I'm a little worried based on what you're reading so far that this book is sort of reinforcing that idea that taking a leadership role, being dominant is part of what it means to be masculine. And I, 
I don't know that I can endorse that idea. But again, you're just giving me little tidbits. So So the doc says once again, a two thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite to do that. And you can't stop me. Two thumbs down. Now. I think that this book is about to throw you a curveball because he's throwing a little out there about women. And I just want to get your thoughts because is it true? Is it not true? I don't know. I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. You're the doc. Here we go. But not all women test men. Dot, dot, dot. Right? Wrong. In fact, (laughs) the opposite is true. The more a woman is interested or invested in you, the more she will test you. It doesn't matter if she's your wonderful wife of 20 years, the sweet girl next door that you've been spying on. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> doesn't matter <laughs> no, 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 if no, no, she's no, no, considered no, no. low maintenance. To... Hey, 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 I need you to stop. Rewind. <laughs> no, 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 no. You should not be spying. On a neighbor. <laughs> so, it's inappropriate. It's... Boundary crossing. Please practice good boundaries. Oh, if just... you are attracted, or if you are attracted to a uh, neighbor, then you might want to think about different ways to approach them or engage in dialogue. But you should not be spying on your neighbor. Are you sure? I feel confident about that assertion. Okay. That's my opinion, but I feel... <laughs> I feel deeply rooted in it. Deeply rooted in the fact that spying, by the way, might we add, if you are a peeping Tom and spying on your neighbor, you could go to jail. So right. I don't also like. It's illegal. Yeah. And it would make maybe your neighbor feel very uncomfortable. Very. So I just don't love the casual throw out of spying on your neighbor, the neighbor girl, as though that that's something even remotely appropriate. Last week's episode was on consent. Your neighbor has not consented to Hence, you viewing them. Two thumbs in that down. Way. Two a thumbs hi, hello, down. how are you in the driveway? Yeah. That's a little different. <laughs> the last sentence I was going to read to you, I think also is very helpful. Uh, it doesn't even matter if she's considered low maintenance and supposedly drama free. All women test men. All of you women. <laughs> I uh, added that last part for dramatic effect. But right. He did say that all I, women test men. That was his words. Is that I a thing? So Is that many, a thing? Uh, testing men? Is it a thing? It's like, I don't even know where to go with this, Jeremiah. Like, there's so many problems with all of these ideas. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just like feeds disordered, like gender dynamic, like myths in ways that is so problematic. Like, it also is part of like this dialogue that like further creates divides, like in gender and like this idea that like men and women are these different species, right? <laughs> like, like n- no, right? <laughs> like, we're all the same species here. And it's, humanity that is varied, right? Like there is an incredible amount of variety between women, between groups of people that identify as women, between groups of people that identify as men, between groups of people that identify as other genders. There's so much variety. And to what what this is doing is like furthering that narrative that like there's some riddle 
some riddle that you have to be able to solve when it comes to women. And I think that that's been brought up a lot. And I do think that it's relevant. I have seen many clients over the years, males that have maybe struggled with dating or things, and they're really like trying to quote unquote crack the code, which is why I have a real issue with the title, right? Wasn't there like a subtitle like decoding women? Yes, yes. And I think that that belief system is part of what I mean, I know because we've had these dialogues has held folks back, right? Because they're searching for this particular key to like unlock some magical secret, which this dude sounds like he's kind of selling that he has. So I kind of have a struggle with that, right? right? But there isn't. It's about like trying to figure out the person in front of you and not even figure them out. It's just like being present with them to to learn about them. But people get so in their heads about cracking the code that they can't be present, right? They're right. in their heads about how they're behaving and how they're acting. And that presence, right? Being able to be present with someone and take what's coming to you versus a bunch of assumptions about who they are, but take what's actually coming to you about that person. Like that's what creates the fodder for great relationships and great dynamics well, and great that sex. Is, I think that is totally true. And I think if we add this last little piece in, oh my God. I really think that our listeners are going to be very, very happy because then they'll have like the whole salad. You know what I mean? So the title of this part is, She Can't Control What She Craves. <laughs> Okay. This is so offensive. <laughs> when it comes to relating with men, women are biologically designed by their maker to seek out love and leadership, and not necessarily in that order. These desires aren't something that a woman can consciously control. Therefore, it's all too common for her desires to get the best of her. In other words, if a woman longs for love and leadership, she's going to do whatever she can to get both of these things from a man. Doc, I think this is great. Not, I, I mean, this advice right there. Not, I have a confession, Jeremiah. Please. As you were talking and reading that, I sort of went into that like Charlie Brown teacher, like wah, 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 wah. <laughs> I don't know if I really absorbed any of what you were saying. Did you want me to read it again? I can read it again. No, I don't want you to I don't want you to read it again. I, I, I don't. I'm good. Um I I think I get the gist of it uh through the noise in my brain. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that there are some some folks, like some women that um, really enjoy someone taking a more dominant role in their life and might specifically enjoy a man taking a more dominant role in their life. And in that, if that's if that's a, a relational structure that somebody really enjoys, like that's totally fine. Like there's nothing problematic about that as long as that's like, you know, mutually like copacetic in your relationship. I think where the struggle is, is sort of, like I said, the absolutist language that indicates that that's something that all women want. And what if you have a man that really does enjoy being more submissive and he's engaging with a woman that enjoys maybe being a bit more dominant? Well, clearly and they're wrong because this guy with absolutely zero background, whereas it is being explained in this book, tells us otherwise. 
so dark. Are we well, going to give an up or a down? Thumbs I'm going to give it a do not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> now, that was your wanna... best sidestep to date. <laughs> right. I want to be fair. There could be more to this book. I know we don't have time. But so far, I would give a do not Based on these few tidbits, maybe you do not recommend. However, I do still take issue with recommending or not recommending something that I haven't read in totality. Because perhaps later on in the book, he says, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The doc gives it two thumbs down. Right there, folks. Two thumbs down from the doc on this one. This one did not have any useful knowledge. Maybe some warning labels before you read. Folks out there. And when we come back, but what can doc? I say you, you, you totally, I was like, I had, was just, that was like the most oh, slick me, segue. Right? Like, I'm... And you literally opened your mouth and I saw it on the camera. <laughs> I was like, oh, come on. Okay, like, what? You know, I, you know, I think, if I may, right? Like, just because, like, ugh, that is probably, no, those are not recommendations I would make. The recommendation that the author in this book is making. Now, however, there might be specific folks for who those recommendations are really helpful, right? Like, I am not judge and jury on what a person will and won't find helpful, right? If you're at, like, this is more my opinion about what I would recommend and what I find problematic. However, I do want to say out loud that, like, some people find that type of like self-helpy kind of guidance in these more like black and white ways more helpful because it makes sense to them. And I don't want to get all judgy on somebody that might like read a book like that and actually find it helpful. And maybe their partner also finds it helpful. But again, just like Ellen Creedman, know your audience, <laughs> right? You would really want to ask, like if you're in this kind of heterosexual cisgender dynamic, you would really want to ask your wife or your female partner, hey, I'm reading this book. Do you, does this reflect how you experience yourself as a woman? Uh, Based on what I'm reading here, I'm not thinking that that's part of the recommendation that this book (laughs) gives. Right. Well, but. I would say if you're going to read a book like that, that's like women are like this, men are like this. And they're it, like, then make sure you check out with your partner and say, does this feel like this is reflective of you? Because otherwise that book then has become worthless to you, there you <laughs> because go. your partner is going to know far better who they are than an author that is making, you know, sort of grand assumptions about who your partner is. Can I segue now? Yes, you can. Thank you. I thank you very much. We're just going to do a short segment about a book that I read when we come back, because I really do want to get the doc's thought process on this because it really was intriguing to me. And I know we mentioned this way back at the uh, beginning of the very first season of the University of Pleasure, very, very lightly. But I actually got the whole audiobook and I listened to the whole thing and I was kind of fascinated by it. And I really want to get your thoughts on it. So, we'll be right back. And we're back, folks. So, this mystery book that I'm talking about that I thought was very fascinating is called The Game, Penetrating the Secret Society of Pickup Artists. 
Now, this is a very famous book, so I'm pretty sure that you've probably heard of this doc. Am I correct? You must have. I mean, I mean, I probably am more familiar with like, I mean, is this a book about somebody that like observed people doing pickup artistry? Like, you know, that who's that guy that did the pickup artist, like yeah, the show? There was, a, there was a show. He's a very famous person. Mystery. Mystery. That's correct. Mystery is his name. Now, mystery is in this book, but this guy followed mystery around, became like his disciple and learned all the tricks of the trade and went from being this kind of like nerdy guy to being like a guy that woman, women just like went crazy for. And it, there's all these different things like they're like mind techniques and stuff that were in there. Now, this is not like a how to guide or anything like that. It's just a guy telling his journey into this world and how crazy it can get. And the way that it's really what I gathered from this was it was more of like a level of manipulation. And it kind of tripped me out. And I wanted to get your thoughts on it as a doc. I mean, is there merit to this stuff? And I'm not asking this. I'm, you know, uh, like there's things like, for instance, it's called negging, right? And negging oh, is like, yeah. you don't. Okay, yeah, you, you don't, can explain it. No, I know, no, you, I know what it is. Please explain it. You're going to explain it better. <clears throat> negging is when you like give somebody sort of negative feedback, you know, to kind of take them off. Right. Like, because, you know, and, and again, these are total, like my understanding of pickup artistry is really like much more housed in like heterosexual relationships. I'm assuming this book was yes, as well. Yes. yes, yes like so, men yes. picking up women. Like, uh, so I, you know, my understanding is like negative, you know, like typically when women are being hit on, they're used to like having being complimented in some way. And so you kind of catch someone off guard by like doing the opposite. And that piques their interest by saying something negative about them. Right. And that kind of, you know, like the doc said, catches them off guard. And then there's a whole nother series of things that you are supposed to do to kind of land the lady in this process. And I was just really taken aback by the book. Uh, what are your thoughts about these things? It was what, what, What's the, I can't think of the brain technique that they use. It was like a CIA technique, mind control. Like yeah, it's something I mean, that, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> okay. I think, you know, there are different ways to influence people, right? Like magicians do it, right? Like they're, you know, you see those like things of like, how can you influence people to make certain choices? And then the magician says, I knew all along, right? Like right, people right, have right. seen those kind of, ma I mean, it's in certain ways, there's, there's certainly psychological tricks and tools you can do, but you know, I, not shockingly, no one will be surprised to struggle <laughs> with the idea of sort of this like pickup artistry sort of movement. I've had um, folks I know, clients, people personally, like kind of use some of these techniques or books or things like that. But, but the issue is like, sure, for some people, you know, it might get you laid, right? Like, do uh, you say course turn of phrase right but it might like <laughs> it it might allow you to have some you know increased confidence right like i mean i think at its core what people are doing is pickup artistry gives a sense of structure to somebody like that maybe feels kind of chaotic or doesn't feel like they have much like grounding in their capacity to talk to a romantic partner. So in this case, women and someone's like, here, I have a roadmap for you. Yes, I have that's, that's what like this is. Yeah. Right. 
I have directions for you. And so in certain ways, I think what for some folks that might do is increase confidence. But you have a sustainability problem, right? Like, so I remember that show on VH1. I, I think it was called The Pickup Artist. That's right. Mystery, and it was mystery. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so the goal was to get like maybe someone to engage with you and go on a date or maybe have a sexual encounter. Well, it depends on how you're measuring success. Like you might get more people to talk to you in a bar using those measures. You might be able to have more sexual encounters, but do you want to be able to sustain something, right? So this mystery fellow and the pickup artist would always like be like peacocking, right? Like right. presenting these. But you start to really get to know if your goal is just to continue on with casual sexual encounters for the remainder of your days, which I mean, that's an acceptable goal if that's your goal, like okay, but if you're, then maybe that will work. But once you start to get to know someone, you might have a hard time sustaining an approach that's maybe not that authentic to who you are, right? Like, okay, now we're getting somewhere. If you're presenting yourself as this really kind of cocksure, arrogant, like, oh, you know, like, oh, you're boring kind of person, but that's not actually who you are. You very quickly, the person that you maybe discover that you want to keep engaging with is going to also discover that they were presented a version of someone that wasn't really who they were. And that could very quickly cause you maybe to have a lot of great starts with people, but not a lot of sustainable, ongoing relationships. My other, one of my other issues with this idea of like pickup artistry is that, you know, it's a cookie cutter approach, right? And not everyone can pull everything off, right? Yeah. Have you ever seen the movie Crazy Stupid Love? Of course. Have you ever seen that movie, right? So if you haven't seen it, it's with like Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell. And I mean, a lot of really famous people like actually, right. but uh, uh, Steve Carell's wife uh, leaves him and uh, Ryan Gosling's character is this like kind of really like suave, like kind of ladies man. And then Steve Carell is this like guy that's been married and left by his wife. And Ryan Gosling sort of takes him under his wing to like teach him how to like get with women and like lay women, sort of like a very karate kid mentor kind of <laughs> situation. Right. Yeah. But, but Steve Carell, like there's this scene where, you know, Ryan Gosling's like character is like, you know, you're ready to go hit on a woman. And so he tries to do it in the way that Ryan Gosling does it and just eats shit. Right. <laughs> like, right. Just, I think it's Marissa Tomei actually in that scene. Oh, really? It just goes horribly wrong. Right. And then he just kind of switches back to more of who he is, which is relatively insecure, but honest and also pretty nice and maybe a better listener than Ryan Gosling's character and not someone who negs, but is genuinely interested. And suddenly in this movie, right, he starts to have more success. Now, while it's a movie, I do think that it's a good illustration of this idea that like it's hard to pull off something that is a bad, like it's, it doesn't fit with your personality. We, we always talk to people about lean into your strengths. Lean into your strengths and be authentic. We say that all the time here at the University all the time. of Russia. And, and for some folks, they read these books and they can't quite pull it off. Why? Because it's just, it's just too far 
from like who they are right. or like their strength set. And so it doesn't work. And then it causes them to feel more like a failure. How do I know that? This is literally dialogues that I have had with actual humans in my office on actual occasions. And then they say, well, I can't even make this stuff work and everyone else can do it, right? I read all the Amazon reviews and all these people said that it worked for them and it didn't work for me. I'm such a failure. I'll never figure this out, right? This idea of that, like there's some magic key and then they get really attached to that idea. And it further causes like them to feel terrible about dating or even avoid it. I could go on about pickup artistry for a long time. Well, so you'll have to you're lucky you don't have to because we're running out of time. <laughs> but I did want to say thank you for that insight too, because I I really did find the book fascinating. I found like the the culture fascinating and, and this whole thing. And I, I, I really wasn't on board with a lot of it, but I really was interested to kind of get your thoughts just on it all. So I really do appreciate you kind of giving a little bit of the background, why you find it. But I really agree with you. You know, when you said that, like, it may not fit you and that could cause more problems and it might be better to lean into your strengths. And like we always say here at the University of Pleasure, just be you, be authentic, be right. real. Well. It, and and leaning into your strengths, but also like kind of in certain ways working with your weaknesses, right? Like owning them, like owning your weaknesses, sure. right? If you're anxious, being like, I'm kind of anxious or I'm kind of nervous, right. which, you know, I'm not saying be like, go on and on and on, right? I'm such an anxious mess. I don't know why I'm here. Like yada, yada, yada. But like being like, I'm a little nervous right now. <laughs> like that type of stuff for the right person can be actually quite endearing. There you go. Because it feels real and it feels honest. And I think more of in closing, because I can see your face and I know you're going to make me stop talking in like a minute. So I have to get it in. Um, both of the things that these two books have in common for me, it where I struggle is like this idea of cookie cutters approach cookie cutter approaches to being successful at relationships or being successful at sex or being successful at dating. As a therapist, I am con everything is individualized, right? right? I might have someone come in with the exact same struggle as someone else, but how they got there is totally different or what they need to do to fix it is totally different. And that remains true every single day of my job, like every day throughout the day. And I really don't believe that like, you know, you might have something that works for a few people or even many people, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. And so that for me is where I usually have a hard time because it does when people talk about these things in a way that's like, and guaranteed, and my guarantee, guaranteed right, to work right. for you. I guarantee it. Rufus's snake oil for sex, right? right? right. Guaranteed <laughs> to work. Like that it invariably adds to this feeling of failure for folks when they're sold that bill of goods and then they can't sort of cash in on it. There you go. And then it makes people more afraid to approach something the next time. And there you that have it. That is all. From the doc, be authentic. Not one thing fits everybody all the time. She gives a massive two thumbs down across the board on everything today and she cannot argue <laughs> with me. <laughs> I like that I said all that stuff and that's what you took out of it. Of course. I've been, <laughs> so all I did was sit there and tune down. out and wait for my moment to be able to go, she said two thumbs down. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding, of course. What you said was extremely important because it really is. Nothing works for everybody. And to say that it does would be absurd. And uh, I appreciate you as always, Doc. Thank you for going on this crazy journey with me today, not having official topics and doing a thumbs up, thumbs down, even though you kind of guessed it and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, the point is, thank you as always for your insight. Today, you were obviously on your back foot because you were animated and... <laughs> 
I feel very passionately. Yes, you do. But I really do appreciate it. I appreciate you. This was more of a fun episode. Obviously, our last episode was a little bit more of a difficult discussion to have, but it is still an important episode. So if you didn't hear that one, check it out as well. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on everything. Do you want to say what the last episode was? You go for it, Doc. Is that because you don't remember the title? Of course not. I don't remember the title. Oh. <laughs> um, it is The Complexities of Consent. consent. Uh, or... I remember. I, I knew the whole time. The complexities of consent or no means no, but what about the rest? There you and go. we had the very lovely Laura Rademacher, who is a brilliant sex therapist, join us, who does a lot of dialogue about consent. And it was just a joy to have her here. And so please course, listen to that episode. Of course, the illustrious correspondent, Greg. Oh, yeah. Doing correspondence Greg. from his home. So hopefully the pandemic will end soon and we can send him out of the road, which we look forward to. The light is coming at the end of the tunnel. Find those little moments of pleasure together or alone. And thank you for listening. As per always, Doc, we will talk again next week. Good to see you. Take care and bye-bye. Bye. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me. Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Feldstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.